Open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 18. Now the word forgiveness, uh, as you are going to see here, forgiveness makes many of us cringe. The idea of forgiving someone makes some of us kind of back up. If you're anything like me, sometimes unpleasant feelings of things, the wrongs that took place in my life, uh, things that I need to uh, address. Whenever the preacher gets ready to talk about this topic, people often cringe and pull back and automatically start to dig in a hill. Just just by uttering the word forgiveness, sometimes uh, we get ourselves in a position where we just we just plug our ears and we're like the little kid in the corner going, la, 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 I'm not going to listen to this. So can I ask you uh, to do something? Don't do that. Don't do that. I know for me, the issue of forgiveness um, sometimes has to do with immediate things or long-term things. That middle time frame seems to be a little easier to deal with. Uh, if you're anything like I am, sometimes uh, somebody does something that gets my dander up, and and uh, you know I'm I'm storming away, thinking to myself, how dare they do that, or how dare they say that to me? And I do over it, and I go home, I stare at the wall, I stare at the ceiling, I'm upset for a little while, but then eventually, eh, I probably had it coming to me, and I get over it. Over the next uh, few days, maybe a week or so goes by and things are okay, but then long term down the road, those issues come back to mind, and I then maybe it's the next time I see them, or the next time someone talking about them, and those, those things start to flood my mind. And so usually it's the immediate or the long term. That in-between time frame seems to not be as much of a, uh, of a struggle, but if, if you're anything like me, you too struggle in this area. Am I the only one that struggles in that area? I didn't think so. You see, we all deal with some of this, and, and have you ever had the, a problem maybe caused you to think of someone in a bitter way? Maybe, maybe you just need to think for just a moment this morning. And let me start it off this way. What or who have you not forgiven? Now, I started this message series last week on the kingdom lifestyle. If we are born again by the Spirit of God, we looked at this last week, what it means to be citizens of the kingdom of God is that we recognize God, Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords. We bow to him, we subject ourselves to him. This is what it is to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. We recognize who's king. And guess what, my friends? It's not us. In bowing to him and recognizing him, some of the things that we need to understand is what it is that we're supposed to be following, who it is that we're supposed to be following. Now, I think when it comes to forgiveness, so many of us write things off because of semantics. We like to let the definitions of things determine whether we are being unforgiving or not. So let me help with that for just a moment because I have sat in the position where I have thought, I'm not being unforgiving, it's just, I've done that. So let me help you out for just a minute. Who do you have a problem with? Who do you struggle with? Uh, who do you set up a barrier with? No, they need to back up. They need to stay over there. I'm going to stay over here, and we'll all get along. 
Who do you keep at distance? Who do you feel has mistreated you or hurt you? Who do you feel has disappointed you? Uh, Who do you find yourself speaking to in an unloving manner? Or how about this one? Who do you find yourself speaking about in that manner? You see, I don't talk to them that way. I don't even talk to them. Whose name comes up when, and when their name pops up, something inside you wretches. Or maybe someone says, man, I really like Jeff. And everybody says, if you knew what I knew. Right? Who, who is that in your mind? That person that, well, you may think they're wonderful, but you just don't know what I know. Who comes to mind when you hear this? I'll never have a relationship with them, at least not in the way I once did. Right there. That's who needs your forgiveness. Let's start there. That person that came to your mind. That person you're struggling with this morning. We're going to take a look at what our king tells his subjects to do. Stand with me, if you would, for the reading of God's word. Look with me, if you would, at Matthew chapter 18. And you know what? Let's, for, for sake of time, let's look at verse 23. It says, Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened to a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon... One was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshiped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence, and laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison, Till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? Thank you. You may be seated. This the instruction will be simple and clear, as as clear as you can possibly make it. Forgiveness is not a recommendation. It is a command of God. We're going to look at this this morning, and here's what we typically do is we, we get into our minds, but extenuating circumstance inserted here. We're supposed to forgive, but 
I know I'm supposed to forgive, but, and we always try to find a way around it. Well, it's not that I'm withholding forgiveness. It's just, wait a minute, either we are forgiving or we're not. And the question really comes down to this. Uh, If you are born again by the Spirit of God, are you going to elect this morning to follow your king? You know, as we began our study of the kingdom, I pointed out several things about what it means to, uh, to uh, be a child of God, to be in the kingdom of God. We looked at all of that. The question, I guess, really that we need to understand and come down to grips with, uh, what does it really mean to be a Christian? What does that really mean? What is a Christian? Uh, many have the idea that a Christian is someone who goes to church. Some people have the idea that a Christian uh, is uh, someone who's a good person. And you and I have been around church long enough to know that that is not true. Now, someone would even insert this as the definition. A Christian is someone who believes Jesus to be God or believes in Jesus Christ or something along those lines. Beloved, here's what I want us to understand. A Christian, simply put, a Christian is someone who follows Jesus. That's a Christian. We're not talking about a believer. We're talking about one who follows Jesus. So, so, so many, someone who truly follows Christ as their Savior, truly elects to, uh, to, to submit to him as king, is not one who simply agrees intellectually. It's not some sort of intellectual assent that now, okay, yep, I recognize who Jesus is. I, I agree that he is who he claimed to be. No, 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 no. Don't forget that the term Christian was actually more of an insult. When they first were called Christians, people were pointing at him and saying, they're acting just like that Christ fellow. Christians, Christ-like. That's what it means to be a Christian. Jesus said many things to us. He said many things about what it was to follow him. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Jesus said to his disciples, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and... Huh. So we do know it. Right? Matthew 19, 21. Jesus said, if you would be perfect, go and sell what you have and give it to the poor, and follow me. This is Jesus' words, not mine. Luke 14, 27, and whosoever does not bear his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. This is heavy stuff. I think a lot of us are happy to follow Christ when it gets us the blessings of Christ. We're happy to follow Christ if it gets us to heaven, but we don't want to follow Christ in the mundane things of life, right? Well, you know what? Jesus said, call on him and I'll be saved and I'll get to go to heaven and I got a gold mansion waiting on me. But that part where he says, forgive, So that's when I stop following. I'm either a follower of Christ or I'm not, right? John 10, 27, the great shepherd. Jesus is my sheep, hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Follow me. You know, there's an insinuation in that. Those who do not follow Christ maybe don't know the voice of Christ, maybe aren't his sheep. That's the kind of preaching that'll get you kicked out, Troy. We don't want that, right? It's truth. 
John 14, 15. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So the question that we need to be asking ourselves before we go any further in this topic of of forgiveness is simply this. Am I a follower of Jesus Christ? So before we go any further, if I claim to be a child of God, I will commit to following Christ. Let's look at a few things in this. Uh, if you go back to Matthew chapter 15, we're going to see something in, in, in these passages. We're just going to kind of look through them quickly. Mark 8, or Matthew 18 verse 15 says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you that if two or three of you, that if two of you uh, shall agree on uh, uh, earth as touching anything uh, that they shall ask, it shall be done for them as my Father which is in heaven. I want you to note the very first part of this. Kingdom lifestyle is a lifestyle longing for reconciliation. Longing for reconciliation. The kingdom life is not a life of writing people off every chance we get, but a life of building and maintaining proper relationships with our fellow citizens. This is the kingdom lifestyle. Not a fun one. For some of us, we just get so upset. You mean I can't write them off? I've got every reason to. I've got every right. No, 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 stop. Jesus said, if your brother sins against you, go talk to him about it. And he even gave to us the whole purpose behind it. He says, if he hears you, you have gained your brother. Restitution. This is the whole idea to reconcile. If someone sins against me, I don't just go, well, I'm done with that person. I'm going to sit on this side of the church now. No. We're supposed to go talk to them about it. Get down to the bottom of it. Get it, get it uh, solved. Get it figured out. Remember the heart of all this. Too often we look at this passage and we only see church discipline. Step one, we talk to them one-on-one. Step two, we take somebody with us. Step three, we take them to the church and then we boot them. You know, the, the sad thing is, is most people skip steps one and two. And it's not really taking the problem to the church. It's talking about the problem within the church. That's that's a problem. The idea of this is not in, 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 in the opportunity to write them off. It's all wrapped up in that very first part of gaining the brother. That's the entire heart of the matter. If your brother sins against you. Now, now stop for just a minute because I think so often we see this. And, well, if your brother trespasses, if your brother sins, and we think, well, he, he hurt my feelings. Grow up. This is talking about a legitimate he sinned against you. It's not talking about, well, he, he lets his kids believe in Santa Claus. How offensive. 
Back off. Grow up. Put your big boy. Let's move on. It's about someone honestly sinning against you. Not just doing something you don't like or that you don't approve of. This person sins against you. What are you supposed to do? Well, I'll wait for them to come ask for my forgiveness. I'll be happy to give it to them if they come ask me for it. The Bible says you're supposed to go to them. That's what the Bible tells us. You know, I find it amazing that he, he introduces this right after talking about the shepherd going after the lost sheep. He says the shepherd loses one. He's going to leave that 99 sitting there. He's going to go find the one. And he's going to rejoice more over that one. So, he follows up. Let's just go. So, if you notice there, verse 15, moreover, continuing with the same thought, if you have someone who has sinned against you, go talk to them about it in the hopes of reconciliation. That's what the Bible tells us to do. But our typical approach is, I'd be happy to forgive them, but they never came and asked me about it. This person probably has no idea that you're upset, has no idea that what, you, what they did to you, you viewed as sin. Maybe they do know. Maybe they're sitting at home going, ah, oh, I just wish I could talk to them about it. You don't know. But if someone comes to you, put yourself in that person's shoe. Not the one who's been offended. Not the one who's been sinned against. Put yourself in the shoes of the person who did the sinning. Think about it from that angle for just a moment. Have you ever been in that position where someone comes to you and says, Brother, sister, uh, when you did this, it, it really bothered me. And you, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that. Would you forgive me for it? Yes, I'll forgive you. You know what happens? The relationship is tighter than it ever was before. You know why we have schisms and divisions in churches? It's because this is ignored more than any other part of Scripture. People have asked me in the past, if, 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 if a Sunday school teacher treated your child this way, what, or treated a child this way, and the father came and talked to you about it, what, nothing. Well, you're the pastor. You should take care of it. Nope. My Bible says they sinned against you. You go talk to them. I really don't have to do anything. I'll tell you, go talk to them about it, but I'm not going to go talk to them for you. It's not my job. It's yours. As the pastor, it's my job to tell you, you need to go talk to them. Get it right. Kingdom living is not about writing people off. You see the people, in the, we were watching a movie the other day, I don't even remember what the movie was. The guy says, write this name down. So they wrote the name down. Now, cross it off. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people walking through the churches today with the book saying, write this name down. Cross it off. The Bible tells us we're supposed to go gain our brother. That's the whole heartbeat of the passage. The second part of this that I, I think is interesting, look at verse 21. Then came Peter to him. <laughs> okay. I, think you're, I think there's a, a, a lot of us in here that act like good old Simon Peter. Sometimes way too often, don't we? 
we act like him and, and we really don't mean to, but we do. We do. Here's what Peter says. Look at verse 21. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Seven times? <laughs> Jesus said to him, I say not of thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven. Now there's some argument about the Greek behind that, whether it's 70 times seven or 77 times. If you get caught up in that, shame on you. Shame on you. Because Jesus is making the point, it doesn't matter how many times. Forgive them. When we looked at in, in the book of Luke, Brother Dave read it for just a little bit ago. If a brother sins against you seven times in the same day and comes to you seven times in the same day, repentant and asking you forgiveness, you give him forgiveness seven times in the same day. And what was the disciples' response? Lord, increase our faith. Lord, increase our faith. You're telling me that if someone sins against me seven times in the same day, I'm supposed to forgive them when they come to me? Those seven, I mean, they did it. They, they asked for forgiveness. I forgive them. They do it again. They ask for forgiveness. I give it to them. They do it again. Lord, I don't have that much faith. That's what they're saying. I don't have that much faith. You're going to have to increase our faith. You see, the second part of this is the limiting of our forgiveness. We limit how much forgiveness we're going to give. Peter struggled with this just as well. Listen, beloved, you're not the only person that struggles in this area, but the kingdom life is a life where we are called to mimic the same kind of forgiveness that Jesus has shown to us, repeated and abundant. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Has there ever been a day in your life go by that seven was the minimum or the maximum, should I say, of your sinning? I'm just getting up in the morning and I've already sinned seven times. And I got to ask God, would you forgive me for that one too? And he's faithful and he's just to forgive and forgive. And let me ask you this. Have you ever confessed something in your life before? Ask God to forgive you and that was the last time you ever had that problem? I, I, I lied. Lord, would you forgive me for that lie? Oh, praise the Lord, I'll never lie again. <laughs> right. It's a continual thing. And we have to recognize in our own life that we too need continual forgiveness. You know the reason why we withhold forgiveness is because we don't think we need it that much. We forget how much forgiveness we need. Listen, when I, when I accepted Christ as my Savior, I did not become perfect. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. And I'm sure that that could be echoed. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. And I'm going to need the forgiveness and grace and mercy of God every day day of my life. But we limit how much forgiveness we give because we misunderstand what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. Realize this. 
Understanding what forgiveness is not is going to help us. This is not pushing something under the rug, but it's facing it head on. Remember back here just a few verses earlier? If your brother sins against you, go to him. You know that that part's a commandment? So if your brother sins against you and you just, uh, just, you know, just ignore it. Look, if it's going to become bitterness and strife in your heart, and to ignore it because you're leading yourself down the road of sinning and strife. It's, it's not excusing what was done. Forgiveness does not excuse what was done. It's not saying that the sin was okay. Sin is never okay. It, it, we are not pretending that it didn't happen or that no hurt came as a result of it. That's not forgiveness. Well, no one is saying that the sin did not leave scars to be dealt with over time. No one is saying that. That's not forgiveness. Sometimes these scars have to be dealt with more than once. Have you ever had to forgive someone more than one time? You know, there's been times in my life where I've, I've forgiven. And then down the road something happens and that Memory rears its ugly head, and I have to forgive again. There have been times where I've, I've, I've seen someone who wronged me, and when I see them, they, oh, I forgave them. I forgive them again. Beloved, we need to understand what forgiveness is not and, and realize something. This is teaching. He says this. If your brother sins against you, go to him. But then when he talks about the forgiveness portion of it, catch this. He says in verse uh, uh, 22, Jesus said to them, I say unto thee, not until seven times, but but 70 times seven. There is an asking of forgiveness implied in this. There is repentance implied in this. In the book of Luke, he says, if your brother sins against you seven times in the same day, and in seven times that same day, he comes to you, repents, and asks for forgiveness, you're supposed to give it to him. Forgiveness is not repenting on behalf of the other person. A lot of times people go down that road. You can't repent for somebody else. You can't do that. You can forgive. Forgiveness is not a feeling, but an act of the will. And there have been many times in my life where I have had to forgive someone I didn't feel it toward. I don't want to forgive this person. You don't have any idea. But he tells me to forgive. Corey Ten Boom tells a story of of going to Germany after the war, after Nazi Germany had fallen. She was in, the, in a place delivering a message of forgiveness and hope. When everybody else was filing out, one individual walked toward her, still with his Nazi uniform in her mind. 
she saw him, recognized him as one of the soldiers from the concentration camp where her sister lost her life. She said automatically the feelings of of shame where they made us march naked into these into these areas. And I would look and I would see my sister. It was just skin over bones. And he said, you talk about forgiveness and I have made things right with God. And he has forgiven me. And he put his hand out and said, will you? She tells the story and how it, the feelings of anger flooded her. The only thing she could do is obey him and forgive the man. Could you? Could I? Beloved, it's not a feeling. It's an act of the will, regardless of emotion. Next, I want us to see that this command is logical. This command is logical. The kingdom life follows the command of our Lord regardless of the ease of it. When we find ourselves struggling, we look to our Lord for guidance. Think about this for just a moment. If you look at verses 15 through 20, then verses 21 through 22, the first thing that comes to mind is this is not, this is not right. And Jesus follows this teaching up with what we read just a moment ago about the story of the unjust steward here, the unforgiving servant. And we understand that this command is actually quite logical. It's logical what Jesus is asking us to do. Looking back there, it says in verse 23, there's... Uh, for is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to wreck, one was brought to him, which owed him 10,000 talents. To understand what that is, to understand what is, uh, is being taught here, we need to realize what a talent was. A talent uh, was equivalent to 20 years wages. Let's put that in today's perspective. If someone is making $15 an hour and they work t- uh, 2,000 hours a year, they're going to bring in roughly about $600,000 in 20 years' time. 30000 a year times 10 years. So one talent would be equal to $600,000. 10,000 talents then would be equivalent to $6 billion debt. Anybody in here okay with that kind of debt? The average American household has $11,000 just in credit card debt. I don't think any of us have a debt of $6 billion. And the man was forgiven that debt. Fast forward a little bit, verse 28, but the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him a 100 pence. This would be equal, uh, tantamount to about four months' wages. Four months. 
And he wouldn't forgive the man of that small debt, even though he had just been forgiven of an insurmountable debt, an unpayable debt. Now, as we read this story and hear this story, here's what we understand. The guy that was forgiven should have been forgiving of the other guy, right? I mean, I don't think anybody would argue about this. I don't think anybody with half a brain cell would say, well, he was right and justified in not forgiving. No, we look at it and we see he was forgiven so much, why can't he forgive so little? Even the fact that his friends, the fellow servants, went and told the Lord about it and said, hey, this guy over here, you're not going to believe what he's doing. We need to realize what's taking place is the logic of it. We see the logic of, of Jesus saying, forgive that one little thing because you, my friend, are the villain in the story. You know, in most of Jesus' parables, we're the wheat. We're the ground. We're the cute little sheep. You're the villain in this one. I read this and I go, oh man, that guy, oh, wait a minute. That's me. I've been forgiven an innumerable debt but not willing to forgive that. People say, well, no, 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 no. You need to understand what that person did to me. One, two, three, four, ten times. Remember a while ago, we just talked about it. You and I need forgiveness every day, over and over again, every day. Pile that up. And that person that sinned against you that one time or five times or whatever. Doesn't make sense not to be forgiving to that when we have been forgiven of this. Doesn't make sense. So it's logical. Jesus is not asking us to do anything that we can't do. Verse 29 And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay thee all. Verse 30, and he would not. It's not that he couldn't. He wouldn't. I think some of us who are unwilling to forgive need to stop saying, I can't forgive them, and just simply be honest and say, I won't. Because God does not call us to do what the Holy Spirit of God in us won't empower us to do. We can. We just won't. Let's wrap this up. Chances are real good that in your mind you have already thought of a person or a group of people maybe even that you have trouble forgiving. Perhaps your stomach has been in knots since I began this. And you just can't wait. Wrap it up, preacher. I need to go get my roast beef. Hurry it up. I, I, I don't want to deal with this. Who are you unwilling to forgive today? Who are you unwilling to forgive? Remember we talked about at the beginning, that person, it's in your mind. Are you willing to forgive them? We can't say, I can't do it. We've got to be honest and say, I won't do it. You see, as children of God, we expect God to forgive us. 
We expect it, and we say God promises that he'll be faithful and just to forgive us. All the while, ignoring the rest of what he tells us. Forgive us this day our daily bread. Forgive us this day our daily bread. Forgive our debts as we forgive those. When you pray, forgive. If you're not forgiving, your Father in heaven won't be forgiving. We forget that stuff. But we cling and cling to the ones that we like. There are some here today that need to forgive their spouse. Perhaps they've been holding some grudge. Maybe they need to forgive a parent. They were not what they should have been or need to forgive a friend or an acquaintance. Maybe they even need to forgive a fellow brother or sister. Do you realize that the the, uh, thrust of this teaching is not forgiving people outside, but forgiving your brother? It's about what's taking place in the house of God. Don't tell me how forgiving you are to the people outside of the household of faith when we can't be forgiving within the household of faith. We got to get it right. And Jesus is talking about those right here within the church. So second, do not examine yourself in light of others, but honestly admit how much you have been forgiven. When you find you can't forgive someone, you can't forgive someone, remind yourself of how many times you've asked God for forgiveness. Remember it. Have you missed the point? Well, I didn't do what they did. You've missed the point. Well, I didn't sin the way they sinned. You've missed the point. Kingdom lifestyle is to be one following the example of Christ. And those of us who have been freely forgiven ought to freely forgive. How can we apply this as a church? I'm closing my Bibles. You can wake up your neighbor. Put your shoes back on. As a church, we want to grow, or at least we should want to grow. We want to bless the world around us. We want to mirror Christ. If we are a group of people, though, who ignore sin and refuse forgetful or for, or forgiveness, we, we fake piety, we can't expect God to bless that. We can't. Who knows, maybe my or your withholding forgiveness from someone is what's staying the power of God from blowing up in this place. Revival just taking hold. If we want to move forward, personally or corporately, we must develop this mindset. Forgiveness, get this, is one of those areas where your profession of being a follower of Jesus Christ will be put to the test. Have you placed him as your or are you satisfied with letting him save you but not direct you? Is he simply your savior this morning and not your Lord? Are you following Jesus this morning? Listen, I know this is not easy. No one ever said it was. 
But our faithfulness to God is not revealed in the kind of events that we do. How many people show up? How good of a job we put them on? Our faithfulness to our Lord is revealed in how we follow him. Are we faithful? Kingdom, kingdom lifestyle. You may be struggling with it this morning. He knows you will. You're not the only one that struggles with it. Take it to him. Say, Lord, I'm going to obey. I'm going to obey. God, I need you to help me with it. He'll empower you. He'll empower you to forgive. God, we pause to come before you, the only wise God. And Lord, I know that there are people that are struggling with this area. I, I don't want to sound like I'm beating anybody up. I simply want to present you and your word as sufficient and enough. And Father, that we would examine, truly examine what it is that we're doing and our willingness, our willingness to follow you more closely. Or are we unwilling and rejecting you? Father, those who are struggling this morning with forgiving someone, would you give them the courage to do what they know is right? Those, Father, who need forgiveness, perhaps they need to just go ask for it. Father, reconciliation would take place and healing. Father, as a result of it, you would be praised and magnified and glorified. Father, that we would be obedient to you and follow you closely. We pray this in your son's name. Amen.